Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? My name is Nick Ingvall, and this is the Sneaker History Podcast. For me, sneakers has never really been about the shoes. It's been about the people. Sneakers have been the connection to friends, business partners, unforgettable stories and memories, and opportunities that I could have never imagined. My goal has always been to create something that opens doors for others to find ways to do something they're passionate about for a living. If you're already a member of the Sneaker History Discord, you know how great the community we have is. It's so much more than sneakers. When someone needs some help getting through a tough time, the community is there. When someone in the community drops a new product line or publishes their first YouTube video, everyone is quick to support. That's why this year we'll be launching a series of new podcasts directly from the community. The first is a Formula One-focused podcast hosted by myself, Rohit Malhotra, and Todd Yates, where we hope to make becoming an F1 fan a little easier and give you a better understanding of the sport whether you're just starting to watch or a longtime fan, you can check it out at exhaustnotes.fm or linked in the description for this episode. As always, thank you for supporting Sneaker History, and don't forget to tell someone you like their kicks today. What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall with my guy, Robbie Falke, to talk some sneakers, talk about some crazy PEs we've been seeing the last couple of weeks, few weeks, whatever it's been. But yeah, man, what's good? How you doing? You may now refer to me as drip flintstone because that's what i've been <laughs> feeling like in this jacket uh i'm good though i went to the nike employee store and this is like the third or fourth time i've gone in there and not bought one pair of shoes for myself nice not one pair and i'm very happy about that stuff for other people but mostly stuff to accompany all the millions of shoes i'm sure many of our listeners have so Maybe you don't need to buy a pair of shoes this week. Maybe go buy a top. Maybe go buy nothing. Who knows? But I'm good. I'm I'm really good. Good. Excited good. for this conversation. Yeah, me too, man. Um, so what what uh what what have you been rocking? What are you, what are you looking at copping lately? So with this loud ass jacket, I had to hit it with some loud ass shoes. Um, we have the Street Hawker Nike SB. Um based off of i think it's 14 different uh chinese traditional street foods um at one point i knew all the all the different foods on here i don't remember them anymore <laughs> when i first got them i googled the hell out of it i do remember one of them is um like a donut one of them is uh, a dish where they have soup that they purposely uh like soak non in oh, like yeah. middle eastern non in um it's good stuff, but uh, I'm I'm a sucker for two tone shoes. They're just crazy enough. Um, yeah, very happy with awesome. 
Um, and when it comes to Coppin, man, I'm still looking for those beyond retro Converse um, Chuck 70s. Uh, in Portland, you see so many Chuck 70s in these streets. You see a lot of Ons, a lot of B Air Force Ones, a lot of Heat, but also a lot of Chuck 70s. So anything with like uh, a little twist of materials look good to me. These happen to drop 224. So maybe by the time this episode airs, um, they'll hit the streets on Converse.com. But Beyond Retro's drop looks really good. How about yourself? What have you been rocking? What are you looking to get? Uh, rocking. I've been wearing a lot of Jordan retro stuff lately. Um, but shatter backboards. Ooh. I mean, you could tell they're pretty just beat up and dirty. I got like, I got like the, the full on like stained up midsoles stuff stuck to the bottom. Um, wore a blacksmith Jordan threes yesterday. So just kind of, you know, the, the standard operating stuff for me. But um, as far as like what I'm looking to cop, I mean, th there's, there's been some nice stuff that I've seen. I, I think maybe I've just been like, I feel like I should have bought a pair of half cabs already this year because it's the 30th anniversary. And I keep going back to the van site thinking like, should I wait till these for these to go on sale? Or will they go on sale? Can I find them at the outlets? You know, but vans, I never find my size. So I'll probably just see if I can hold out until I can grab a pair on sale. I mean, I'm sure there are going to be dozens more colorways, but the ones that I've looked at so far, there's like the, um, the like the, the kind of khaki color. There's like a navy color and a black color, all just kind of basic, you know, colorways. But with the, you know, it's just it's just a half cab. It's good. Yeah. I feel like it's like dunks, you know, like you get a, a plain colorway on a dunk and it's like, yeah, of course I can wear that. What's funny about the half cab is I think it's one of those rare shoes in 2022 that is still found anywhere. You can find a half cab at Journeys right now. You can find a half cab at Nordstrom's Rack with the lid cut off. You can find a half cab at you know, the Vans outlet, Vans.com, in the most pristine, you know, high-end half cab solution. Um for those that don't know, I believe that the the era is just a no. The Skate Eight is just a a a, a low half cab, right? Um, one of the other really illustrious van models is just a low top half cab, and I want to say it's the old school. I could yeah, be the, wrong though. The well, the old school has the stripe, so it's a little bit different. But like, there's a few a few pretty close, like, you know, a lot of the vans have very similar aesthetic, just like a different, they're all vans. Right. right? Yeah. So, um, the other thing, like kind of totally unrelated, I don't know if you saw the, or if you've seen the LeBron 19 low yet. I have that. She was, what do you think before I say something? What I think were that your she looks on amazing. It? Like, wow. I, I, I just, I feel like I'd rather see a low version of all this. And maybe it's just cause, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not a, you know, 6'10 or 6'8, 270 pound monster running up and down the court. But um, I, I just kind of always end up leaning or, you know, like liking the lows better with a LeBron line, it seems like. And mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen anything other than the, the uh, just like the, you know, kind of like red, white and black colorway. But I like the, I Man. like the, the split front the toby and white and 
I could definitely see some good colorways coming on that. He just wore a pair during All-Star. I believe it was like uh, practice this past weekend. And I'm happy that you said that you liked it because I'm on the completely different end of the spectrum. I look at this shoe. I'm like, man, why did they... Why they gotta do the LeBron like that? Like <laughs> this pair, in particular from the All Star Weekend, has like um, rose or kind of floral print on it, white, pink, green, very Eastery. Probably is the Easter release, just a couple months early. Um, and that thing looks fu- fucking awful to me. I would not wear that in LeBron. But what's what's so wild? I had this bigger conversation with myself. Um, with there was a. There was a LeBron reserve drop on sneakers. I just happened to miss. I didn't purposely try to miss it, but I just was just not paying attention. And then the big bangs this past weekend, my taste has changed so much. And I still like revere the big bang for what it is. And LeBron's line for, you know, it being one of the longest running lines of all time. It's all great stuff. But like, I'd rather wear it beyond retro Chuck 70. And that's not for me to keep plugging that shoe. But like, I can put that on with any pair of pants on earth and it looks good. That LeBron 19, you got to be methodical with an outfit, like the, the, the 19 low, like, all right, I got to have the right gym shorts on with like the right cut socks. I feel like if, if there's even a little bit too much sock showing, it looks awkward. It has to be no show or too high, like a pair of Chucks fucking work, you know, that's yeah. why they're so they've been around for so long. There, there's no thinking about it. But the LeBron stuff now, when I'm in 2022, I got to be more methodical with my purchases because this doesn't go with everything as I thought it would 10 years ago. I would totally agree. I mean, I think that's why like, I like the low. And yeah, the, the color where you're talking about is definitely a little too much for me. I mean, I, I think it would it, it could potentially for look Easter. good on some shoes. But yeah. like, yeah, it's it's not for me. But I think that's the, like also I'm, I th- I think the exact same thing when I saw when I saw the uh, the the chosen one uh, nineteen with like the mm-hmm. you know like yeah I, I mean don't get me wrong like I love this the tearaway scrape away like all the you know cool shit that they do with all these materials and the stories that they tell but the shoe is just like it's so mm-hmm. gaudy that. I just could never see myself where, you know, like maybe it's like you're wearing it with shorts, you know, just to go watch a basketball game or something. But like just that's like a very specific like I'm not I'm, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go to Drew League. I mean, I'm not in L.A. anymore, but if I was going to go to Drew League, I might wear something like that. But like outside of that, I don't think I'm really wearing that that kind of a shoe because it's just so it's just so over the top, which is why I like. I felt like when I saw the the 19 low, I didn't realize that's what it was at first. I was like, oh, maybe it's some sort of takedown Nike basketball shoe, you know, like mid mid range type of thing. But it, it, yeah, I mean, I think also like the colors when the shoe is already over the top and then the colors. I'm just not in a place where I'm looking for that, you know, to your point about the mm-hmm. big bangs. It's like I would love to have that shoe. Am I going to pay two hundred forty dollars for it? not a chance. Like it's not that big of a deal to me. Maybe if, maybe if it was like 180, 200 and I just happened to come across it, I would pull the trigger. But like, I mean, yeah. that's what sucks. Like that shoe does speak to me. Paying 240 does not bother me. I entered to, to get a pair on sneakers, hoping to win, but I'm not going to go seek it. Yeah. Uh, but like that shoe means 
a ton to me. Like I love it, but I just have so many shoes already that are like fucking talking pieces on a mantle. Like I don't need another $240 talking piece (laughs) that it sits in the closet. Oh yeah. Check these out. They're fun. And it really does speak to how makes you appreciate how well the old LeBron stuff has aged. Like when Jason Petrie is talking about the two coming back, not only is that just an exciting nostalgia boost, you know, serotonin going off in my brain, I can see myself wearing the white and navy or the black or any really colorway, especially the animal print one. So many great PEs and samples and GRs of the um, LeBron two, you know, th- four, 15 years ago, 15 years later, it looks just as good as it did then. And like, it's very wearable. You don't have to calculate much with those. Um, or your shattered backboards, man. What's so funny is like, you could be pretty much a, a token black cement wear. Cause it's like, you don't have to think yeah. about it at all. It's just plug and play. You go. And, um, I think we're getting further. Brands are kind of purposefully making those, those forks in the road. Right. Cause you want any Hooper to have your performance basketball shoot, get that two forty out of them. They're going to go play in a very relevant LeBron nine retro. That's a very, playable basketball shoe nowadays but then you also want them to go buy the the 19 low easter looking joints for off the court so it's just like they're yep. purposely pushing people into one way or the other and it's uh it's interesting it's yeah, interesting because well, like yeah i was gonna say well speaking of did you see the like the the, the images of that desert elephant jordan three? Oh, like gorgeous i think oh, it's gorgeous really? see, oh see i see I, I don't like it because like the 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 elephant print doesn't stand out enough in the in the like last stuff that started showing up, and I also mm-hmm. just feel like I, I I think it looks good, but I would just wear the regular black cement threes. Like I would never choose this one over that. I guess. That See, I would never choose it over it either. I wouldn't even choose these over like my mochas, yeah, uh, my mocha threes. But where I think it succeeds for me is like the animal instinct twos. I mean threes. Mm-hmm. Both versions of them way too busy for me. This kind of gives me a different vibe from the animal print, which I look for sometimes, but without every animal in the kingdom. This is just like just an elephant, just you know, yeah, a twist. I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's the beauty and the crux of new Jordans, right? Because it's like you'd rather wear it as a black cement three, and I'm pretty inclined to mixing it up with you know this elephant desert elephant three. It's a little twist. So I like twists. Sometimes you don't like twists. It's it's also it's so subjective. It's it's tough. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I mean, that's definitely where all this stuff comes in, right? Like people, you know, there's so many people buying this stuff now that, you know, they could literally drop a, they could drop any Jordan retro, like they could probably drop one through fifteen, maybe one through fourteen every month, and like people would just be like, okay, cool. This is a good one. Like, you know, they could, they do an an extra six or an extra three or an extra seven. Bro. Let let, let me tell you a little story. This before we get into the main topic, it's a really short story to that point. Like, Hey, why not? We could release it every month. I got the, the, the red thunders. I like them, but I just got them as I got them. I got the, those black and Royal ones. I already have two other black and royal Jordan ones. Throw a third in there. Why not? And then uh, the UNC sixes shock drop. I missed on those, but I already had the UNC one and the four. I was like, fuck it. Might as well go for the six. So it's just like 
you can drop one through 15 every like week and just get some sucker like me to be like, oh, okay, well, why not? <laughs> um, I'm going to get rid of like two, you know, they're not going to stay with me. Like, I just don't need all those Jordans. But like, you'll at least get me to buy it once and then I will then feed the system. But yeah, you it's, can. It's definitely can. easier to convince me to not like something or wait. It's easier to convince me to just be like, oh, that's a good colorway because it's on a Jordan retro than exactly to not. Right. Like I have to like consciously be like, yeah, I, would I actually wear this? I mean, of course, I would wear every pair if it was just sitting here and I didn't have to think about it. Right. But if I had to like think about like choosing one versus the other, you know, that's the only way I could be like, yeah, this is just not going to work. Or I, like, work I is tougher. So like, I already have thunders. I already have lightnings. Did I need the red thunder? Like, no. Yeah. But does the endorphin fire off in my brain? Like the two synapses, synapses gaps I have left up in here, they both fire <laughs> off quick. Like, oh yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, speaking of things coming late, <laughs> like my brain firing off. Yeah. So let's uh. Let's come back to the to the PE stuff. Let's talk about the supply chain shit because I think it's really just crazy that we're still. I have a weird example for this, but this comes from looking at footwear news and there's been like, you know, a few stories on footwear news in the last day or two talking about how the supply supply chain issues are still a problem. Um, I can't remember what analysts, but like, there was analysts quoted as saying that there's a mistaken belief that supply chain issues have improved. They downgraded Nike and Foot Locker stock, um, which, you know, that's all, you know, if we're being completely honest, it's all a game. It's like, cool. We're, we're, we're going to say not buy now because we're going to sell on the back end next time Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. But I do think there's still like legitimately problems with the supply chain And to see like another article on footwear news, I'll link to these in the description, but another one is the, like the Atlanta footwear. uh, I don't think it's, maybe it's a convention, Atlanta shoe market. um, Basically saying that like this supply chain issues are still problematic for everybody that was, you know, there. It's kind of like an industry uh, trade show type of thing. But I have a weird example and I just thought of it because I just ate lunch But I did some grocery shopping over the weekend. I bought like mustard. It's February 21st when we're recording this. I bought this on the 20th or the 19th or something, right? Get home. I'm like, oh, shit, my old mustard is, you know, expired. So I throw it out, grab the new one. Like, I mean, it was almost gone anyway, but like I I was buying it to replace it. So when I looked at the date, like the other one had expired for a a month or two. It's like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to toss this, put the new one in. And then I look at the date on the new one, which I just bought within the last 48 hours. And the expiration date on it is February 28th, 2022. Like there's no world that I'm familiar with in which condiments expire a week from the day you purchase them. And the only thing I could think of that would have caused that is it's just supply chain stuff, right? They're just shifting inventory around to cover, you know, whoever needs mustard on the shelf. And it's probably still backed up from like the factories on the factory side to have that stuff. Right. I mean, I don't know specifically how all of that stuff works, but I'm assuming that has to be something because, you know, you buy, you buy ketchup or mustard or ranch or years mayonnaise. Yeah. It's like, 
I mean, that's the condiment version of Twinkies, you know? Like, you don't expect that shit to go bad for, like, you know, two, three years at least. Mustard especially. It's mustard seed, vinegar, and fucking water. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah that's... I, I don't know, man. It just, it made, and then seeing all this, I was like thinking, yeah, there's no way it could have been anything else but that. But I, I saw know. a weird insight. I was watching Business Insider. Um, shout out the interview you did with that former Business Insider um, associate, um, reporter, contributor. Um, her name is Casey right now. That was a really good Choshi. interview, though. Yeah. Choshi. Um, I was watching a Business Insider, and they were talking about how the U.S. ports rank globally. And as you can probably assume, China has like all the best ports in the world. They ranked the Port of Long Beach and the Port of L.A., are 300 and i want to say 329 and 335 and the global rank below like sri lanka and below like so many other places in the world our port system like most things american we think it's the best we think we do everything great that shit was top of the line probably 60 years ago and and now like most things in america oh yeah it was great 60 years ago let's not put any money into it ever again because uh, that's socialism so we just have stuff like that happening that we wonder why there's still a barricade basically like it's it's a queue but a queue of ships waiting to bring two-year-old mustard into 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 store shelves and it's also interesting because like sneaker news is describing um another jordan restock happening we're gonna have like a court purple 13s i believe that's about a year old now um oreo fives at least six seven months old um red thunders a couple weeks old but uh it's not so much shock drops i think as much as things finally just getting loaded out of long beach and hitting a place where they can start selling them it's it's just I think a lot of the L's we've all been experiencing, I hate saying L, a lot of the shoes we have not been acquiring is not because of competition, but was just because we think, because we see in our day-to-day lives, maybe more people outside or you know less masks being worn, things are just getting better, when it's definitely the fact that things aren't getting as better as we think they are that's causing all the L's and causing all the, not all the L's, but just making it harder to get certain things. You know, I think at the earliest, according to Donut Media, shout out Donut Media, they rock. Um, card chips are the earliest supposed to be allegedly fixed. Could you say that again? No, Sorry. I can't. Um, <laughs> it's maybe third quarter of 2022, they'll have more chips. And I'm sure you've seen photos of just like f one fifty sitting there completely built without any chips in them. They can't do shit. And it's just like shoes and so many other, you know, furniture I've been ordering. Everything is just like, will it end? And I, and yeah, damn Suri thinks she has all the answers, but she does not. Um, it's just, it's just so crazy. Like, uh, we think it's people, we think it's all these things. And it's just like supply. It's, it's a boat sitting in the ocean. Yeah, well, and on top of that, like, it's like the manufacturing side. And then, you know, like just over the weekend, I drove past a couple of car lots and I was like, whoa, there's like 10, 15 cars on a lot that would have normally had, you know, a hundred. And another thing on footwear news that I was looking at is like, uh, I think Tibbet Sports was basically saying, yeah, like we're not going to hit our numbers anywhere close to our numbers this year because of supply chain stuff. And they're like, you know well like what can we do it's like we, there's no end in sight for us so 
Um, you know, which, which is crazy too. Like, I mean, you know, America is like just so crazy about leveling up and selling more and selling more and selling more. So like a lot of that stuff, in my opinion, is not as important as it's seen it's as it's made to be. It's like if we made 300 million and we only made 310 million, if we made 300 million last year and we're only making 310 million this year, like, is it really that? Is that like, is that really that oh. horrible? Like you're still it's the making, end of the world to them. Yeah. <laughs> but like to them, it's the end of the world. Yeah. So year over year, we're down. No. Yeah. Yep. But it's, crazy, it, man. if every business that uses the port of Long Beach or Los Angeles gave $2 million, the, the, let's say the fortune 500s that, that run product out of those each, you get five mil right now just to upgrade it's never going to happen. It's just like, it's the most infuriating thing about like the, not to go into us politics, how things feel so broken. It's just like, we see all these issues and we know it takes this to fix it. And it's like, nobody's willing to put the two together. There's just too many, too many blockades in the middle to keep yep. the two from coming together. It's like, bro, you have so much profits, not just Nike, everybody. Yeah. Put in some put money into the infrastructure, baby. That that year over year doesn't have to go up. Stay flat for one year, and in two years you'll have enough room to move everything you need to move for double the growth. Who yeah, knows? Totally. I'm not an economist, but it, it's it's got to be something like that, though. And and the funny thing too is like with the supply chain, it really depends on who you watch or read or like what news you look at because you'll have like a report today from one news place that's like. The worst is over. We're finally getting through it. And then you're like looking at another news report and it's like, yeah, this shit's not going to end for another six months. You know, like it's so inconsistent with everything. Like, I, I feel like everybody's just like doesn't know what's going on. I feel like everyone is basically in our in our position. They're just like, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it because it's it's obviously fucking shit up for everybody. But we don't really know what's going on. It's like footwear leaks nowadays. It's like, oh, there's going to be a Jordan retro maybe June. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But no, it's uh, it, it's an incredibly frustrating thing because like, I don't think we, we need, I mean, we're just so pushed to be materialistic and have all the new things. I'm the victim of that too. But it's just like when there's no end in sight and you're just like stuck inside amassing things. I know I bet you and other people listening, you're just bored and you find yourself buying stuff. Cause you're just like kind of still in a stuck inside mindset. Yeah. And it's just, can yep. we get no Legos? Everything's sold out. Can't get nothing. Yep. Totally. Um, speaking of stuff that's sold out and that we'll never get, let's talk about some of these PEs that we've seen for the last. <laughs> oh, we're never meant to get right. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not meant for us. Simpletons. We're just, M &M. we're just meant to wish. Eminem starting off the Super I guess two weekends ago now with the Super Bowl Fire Red Threes. It's been interesting. Let, let's do this. What are your thoughts on that shoe? And then we'll get mine. What do you think of the Eminem Fire Red? Uh, I mean, shoe. I think it's dope. I, I just kind of expect like a good, simple, like, you know, nothing crazy colorway from Eminem at this point. So, you know. The backwards E, the hockey mask behind the tongue, Slim Shady Records, you know, or the Shady Records on the on the inside of the tongue. I did think the, I, I mean, I always like the clear outsole, but I really like the, like, hi, my name is, like, badge on the back, because it looks mm -hmm. like it's actually, like... Our logo. 
<laughs> well, yeah, it definitely looks like sneaker history logo, but it, it looks like it was like cut out of it almost as opposed mm-hmm. to like raised up, which most of the heel tabs are. So I thought that was kind of cool, but you know, that like, this doesn't make me, I, I don't necessarily want a pair of fire red threes. Like it's one of those shoes. Like I would try for, but like, I wouldn't be like crushed if I didn't get it. Um, it's not a playoff 12 to me, but you know, I, you know, I think, you know, the idea of this being a shoe that gets the average person, average consumer, like most sneakerheads, get excited about the fire red threes because of this one. Eh, it's, it's cool. They did the, they did the right thing. You know, <laughs> they did their job. I mean, yeah, I basically. don't, I don't get when people are like, oh, it's not bold enough. It's not PE enough. It's not signature enough. It's Eminem shoe dog. Like that's not for you. It's not, I mean, a lot I mean, of other made an all black Carhartt four. Exactly. Right. That's just like, <laughs> that's, that's his steez though. I mean, even go back what yeah. the Air Max 93, he's had so 94s, I believe was the, what slim shady. Oh yeah. The, so, the, uh, the Air Max Burst, yeah. Yeah. There's just been so many. Like that's just his style though. Like his Yeah, totally. Let's say this is this versus the DJ Khaled stuff. Yep. Personality, yep. look, everything and just personifies each individual. Because then you have stuff like this, then you have like Drake's all gold threes that have like six written on the tongue. Then you have Usher's also all gold threes. Um, yeah. You have Anthony Hamilton's all brown threes. Um, Chris Paul has a PE pair of threes. Um, Kobe's threes. Um, we the best. I mean, the, I think the three is just the ultimate shoe for this do what you want. It lends itself to whichever direction you want to go into. Do you want to stay OG with the flare? Do you want to go original with the flare? Do you want to go all the way crazy? The threes are shoe. Yeah. The Super Bowl, uh, the, the, the JTH Super Bowl three was a pretty good one. Pretty subtle, but like, you know, I, I feel like that's the thing. Like, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of guys just don't, they're like us. Like they're not, we were just talking about how we're not wearing like crazy, crazy stuff maybe as much anymore. And like, if they have the opportunity to make their own shoe with Jordan, they're going to make something that they're going to wear, you know? Yeah. So. The Drake versus little Wayne threes. I still love that shoe over everything. It's just, yeah, that was dope. do you want to be simple or do you want to not be simple? I mean, that leads us to not a fat Joe P you know, sampler PE, but he was seen this past weekend during all-star festivities wearing a crater three that has like iridescent hits. It has some like, um, you know, the crater renewable, not renewable, but reused material type vibes to it. Um, I think it's the ultimate mix of like what Nike wants to portray themselves as, is like a conscious brand that, you know, cares about the environment and just like straight up, Steve's. I think it's the great mix of both, right? You get flashes and you get some substance. So what do you think about those? I mean, you know, I think they look super dope. The iridescent and like it kind of looks 3M-ish where it's like sort of like 5 Lab 3, 3 Lab 5. I can't remember which Mm -hmm. way those goes. But um, I like the, I, I, I like on all the crater stuff i like the like kind of speckled recycled look on the on the outsole so mm-hmm. i mean you know if this was a shoe that actually released i would probably be trying to get them i don't know how much effort i would put into it but you know looking at the pictures on sneaker bar detroit uh 
shout out to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar rocking some some Ultra Boost uh, in that in that photo with him. That's a good Kareem. Got to stay. I mean, I love how uh, not every athlete. I mean, Kareem's had other contracts too, at some uh, sneaker contracts, uh, but he's forever pretty much an Adidas player. And I like how like that keeps going on. Chuck, for example, Chuck doesn't like really being anything in terms of selling things, but you can yeah. still find Chuck in Air Force Ones. Um, I was, I always look to the, what's Chuck wearing? It's typically a dress shoe or like an Air Force One. Never yeah. his own stuff really, which I think is interesting uh, yeah, in a good definitely. way. Um, God, man, I'm just thinking of all the college PEs, the threes. It's like the, the three really, I think is the ultimate PE shoe because then you have other things like I think the six is another one that does really great collegiate stuff but then you have like the Mac feel how you will about Mac the more but his like salmon and then his like green colored six PEs I think are two of the most gorgeously constructed shoes ever made they just happen to be associated with a okay yep. <laughs> musician but like damn what's your yeah. favorite Jordan model for a PE um, if you had the choice for Nick's Jordan PE silhouette, what would it be? I mean, it's probably the three. It's got to be the three or the four. But the thing is, like, I don't like crazy colors on either of those shoes. Like, if I was going to wear, like, the 14 with, like, mm -hmm. wild color, like the Alele May 14 to me is just awesome. But it's, like, yeah. colors that are just not normal, you know, not your standard issue stuff, right? Um, even up into the newer stuff, you know, like the 29, the 33, like some of those like shoes that had like crazy prints or just stuff that was like, you know, like the Travis Scott 33, for instance, we talked about it on the last episode, you know, like that's just not a color you expect to see on a Jordan on a regular release Jordan. And I think that's pretty cool to see on like a performance shoe. Um, but like, you know, it's tough, like. There's so many Jordan ones, honestly, like, I don't think that, I don't think a, there is a better Jordan one for me than Shatter Backboards. So I wouldn't do anything differently. I mean, unless I'm feeling, you know, purple and go yeah. with court purples, but like. That's already been done. Yeah, it's already for been done. Part. So like, there's nothing I'm going to do that's, an, you know, like, I don't want to be like, oh, cool. I embossed the fragment logo on my, you know, on my non-fragment pair to make it look personal to me. Like, that's not that important to me. So I'd have to go three or four and probably, you know, I like the removable patches on the tongue on the fours. I, th I think that's a cool touch to be able to mix it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But that's about as crazy as I would get in terms of, you know, a P.E. What about to, you? To your reasoning, I don't think I could do any better than the PEs that have already been created, but the 11, man, like the 11 from the Ray Allen championship stuff to all of the Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul has a Clippers, fuck the Clippers, but he has like a, a white, red, and blue Clipper 11 that's just filthy. He has a mint green okay. one, filthy. Jabari Parker, when he played for the Bucks, had a cream pair. Never forget those joints. It's insane. Um, God, the mellow. There's there's just so many the eleven just with that the patent leather I think it lends itself to whatever you want to do. I would go a little weird though. I think I would do a thirteen. I would do a Jordan thirteen. That's a model I never really owned until the past couple of years. And now that I've had the two pairs that I own well enough broken in, I don't know why I ever slept on thirteens because I think you could do either no three M three M 
there's the the way the cat's eye works and the pods on the bottom. There's just so many options to color block. So I would do a 13, but aesthetically, I love looking at the 11 PE. It's just beautiful shoes. What do you think of the 11? I think it's like the uh, the, the this year's holiday one, right? It's like a, basically a a cherry mid. Yes, supposedly it's... loosely based off of off of Blake Griffin's PE, but that was more of a Sooners color. So I I don't know if that connection is accurate or not but the if you're familiar with their shades of red the sooner red is way deeper than the cherry red and blake griffin like again that sooner red blake griffin's mid top pe absolutely bananas and it's from afar kind of looks like a pair of concords because the red's so deep yep. but when you get close that's the power of like a great sample or a rare shoe as you get closer to somebody your eyes get bigger like oh those aren't what i thought they were um i don't like it though like for me personally i haven't bought a pair of 11s and and many moons because i already have every og i've ever wanted because i don't don't really don't need to go there i've sold off just about every non-og 11 i've ever owned now the uh, cherry low is still one of my top 10 favorite shoes ever so I don't need a mid-top cherry. I already have the perfect version, which I'm so excited to wear this summertime. One day a year, I pull out a nice pair of white shorts and some cherries, and I love it. But like, I'm not going to be excited for an 11 PE until they literally give me that mint Chris Paul or they give me the cream. Like, they're doing all these cool things. Like, you're getting the Mocha one, right? You're getting all these different shades on other shoes. I feel like the 11's always just stuck. And that let's do an all black one or let's do like a white, black and red or let's like, yeah. come on, like where are the creams? Where are like the weirder stuff? If you dropped a mint green 11 right now, I'm a buyer. Like, yeah, instantly. That, that's that's definitely one of my favorite 11s. And, and I'm definitely not a Chris Paul fan. But um, but to your point, the Clipper like, one, too. It's just, yeah, the Clipper one is great. I mean, I, I always wanted that as a, like as a kid. I wanted like a royal blue 11 just because, you know, you, you, you never saw blue on on shoes from Jordan. I mean, I know they existed, but they were just definitely second, second class citizens compared to all the Chicago colorways. So I forgot about these because they kind of did it with the platinum tint. Chris Paul has another Clipper PE, or maybe it's a Rockets. It's pretty much a Columbia. It's a red Columbia, all white, where yeah. the Carolina blue would be. It's just red. It's like fuck's sake! Like the the eleven is when it's done correctly. It reminds you why you love shoes. <laughs> it's like oh damn, that looks good. Definitely. Yeah. And, and to your point about like the other shoes, right. Or the other, uh, you know, the other models that get all the, the, all love. the you know, all the various colorways. Right. Um, I think, uh, you know, what's the, there's like a white and red six. That's basically like a red Oreo. Yes. Right? That's, that's coming, coming out soon. Year. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is based off the shoe, Kawhi. But like all the sh- all the other models get these like kind of oddball you know um, so colorways. That's a if if I, this is off the top of my head. So if I remember incorrectly, correct me. Um, elements of that red Oreo is from the 2010 Oreo six. On top of that, the Kawhi Championship Spurs joint with like a clear tongue, and on top of that, like a 2012 or something U.S. Soccer that the goalkeeper or something was fucked around with Jordan Brand, and he had like a a, a U.S. Soccer PE, um, like a, I want to say it was like an American Cup or something. Um, Air Jordan Six. I'm just I'm just, oh U.S. Soccer 
PE. It was also, it's, it's, it's also crazy oh, yeah. too. Like Mellow's all red PE turned into a release, right? Like, and I wish I they would have released the blue. Did. His kid had a blue, all blue pair when that when he wore that red one. His kid was wearing an all blue pair at some point around that same time. So the U.S. soccer is a white and navy. So it's the exact same joints that are releasing now, but with navy instead of uh, black or red in this instance. But no, the six, think of all all the college. I mean, since Jordan Brands really made a push to be visible in college football, every program, you know, top 15 biggest collegiate programs that have a Nike affiliation have just been getting dummy PEs. And we all see them when Soul Collector drops you know, this year's PEs from Jordan brand for the colleges. But like, I know you, you have the Georgetown three that there's been a Georgetown, like, yeah. And insert, insert college here. And, and yeah. there's a elite college here and there's a fantastic PE of it. Um, and I think it's super dope that they do that stuff. And, and honestly, like, you know, I loved the, the Georgetown, like the, the, you know, the Georgetown three that they released even and like the Navy. Oh yeah. Kind of, navy and gray but like anytime those schools get good colorways like especially like this time of year i'm always watching college basketball not like stuck to the tv but i have it on in the background most of the time so i'm like trying to pay attention and every time i see somebody wearing something we're like damn that that's that's dope you know like i love seeing that kind of stuff still shout out the hobie jeremy who clicks uh oregon like mostly oregon kevin durant stuff and to your point, you see these like old, old Oregon candy green KDs and it's like, oh my God, those are gorgeous. And like, oh, good shoes. Um, yep. And I think that's important, especially with like, as college now becomes lucrative for kids, there's, there's always been competitive competition between who gets what recruit, but like maybe we're just sneakerheads, but I'm for sure looking at the shoe catalog. If I'm signing anywhere as elite recruit, it's like, all right, where can I get my NIL deals? Yada, yada, yada. But also where the Jordan's at. So yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. And well, I, I, wonder, like, I mean, that's something. Go ahead. No, it's like, how does Adidas and no shame to Adidas or Under Armour. I just, still just don't get how they can compete with like Nike. You have to really love that program to like say, no, thank you. Um no, thank you, Oklahoma Sooner Gorgeous PE. I'm gonna go take a Texas A&M Adidas PE. It's like, oh, and I get it's it's a Texas A&M and that's a big school, yada yada. But it's like, ultimately, still probably an ultra boost, just in like crimson or yeah. whatever Texas yep. A&M red is. You can't compete with the Jays. Like, damn. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be interesting. How all of that, you know, name name image likeness stuff for college athletes plays out because. Obviously, the brands all know it's big, big money. I mean, Nike and Tinker. So I was reading up on that on that like NFT thing with the Ducks Air Max One, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the company that is doing the the deals and marketing for these like name image name image likeness deals with the, with the college athletes. The the marketing agency was founded by Tinker. Phil Knight and somebody else. So it's like, like they clearly see that there's so much value in this, that they're starting a company outside of Nike to start helping manage and obviously direct, you know, Oregon athletes to Nike and connect those dots and all that. 
but like that's you know most of these athletes are not going to have you know like they could just be taken advantage of so like there's some uh, you know like comfort level of having you know somebody at nike or wherever already kind of like being the middleman in terms of like negotiating those deals but mm-hmm. the way they're doing it with the nft is really interesting because now the residuals anytime somebody sells those nfts will go back to the the student athlete organization so i mean it's it's definitely a great way for for them to do that but i, I would imagine it's going to get really really crazy with all the pe's and all the you know like i mean just god he's just like you just imagine all the players that we think of now for the last 30 or 40 years and their college likeness. And now every one of them can potentially make some money off of that moving forward somehow, if they, if they do it right, you know, wild. Was even wilder is the like StockX really had the goal to be like, I'm gonna make an NFT off somebody else's shoe. It's just like, of course, Nike's <laughs> going to go that route. Tinker, especially right. He designed the one. He yeah. should be the person to, the NFT stuff is beyond me. I'll rather take that Oregon Jordan 8 PE that released this year on StockX than the an NFT, than yeah. an NFT version of a shoe. Yeah, I think I think that 8 was actually one of the better. Right? That's one of the better 8 PEs, to be honest. It's one of the better looking. I mean, call me crazy, but like one of the better looking Jordans I've seen in this like. Um, maybe I'm just getting weird. I, I don't know. But that eight really spoke to me in a way that not a lot of shoes have recently. I was. What is your favorite? This will be our wrap up question. What is your favorite Oregon Ducks PE? Fuck. Um, it literally goes back and like, I could not tell you. It's either the Candy Red 5 or the gun. I mean, the Silverback Black Jordan 4s or. The candy, I love that the the suede candy green, I think is just the most unique swaggy look in college. So it's like, I'm going to say the candy green three or the candy green five. Can't decide either one. What about yourself? I think it's probably the candy green three. Uh, I I like the interchangeable swooshes on that shoe. Just, it's just a a cool detail. Yeah. I'd just say the one that like sticks in my head that I wouldn't expect like myself or anybody else to think of is the 29, the 29 Oregon PE was pretty dope. Silver, yellow jump man, yellow outsole. Big old duck on the side. It's a big fat duck. Yep. That was a good one. Oh, there's this, there's so many, I mean, oh yeah. Yeah, there's so many of them, too. Like, once you start looking at them, you're just like, oh, damn. See, it's like, okay, the OG Pit Crew Black Cement 3 ceremoniously has to be included in that. But it's just like, it's so much like a Black Cement. And I get that's that's part of what makes it so cool. I think that's part of what made... Okay, if it wasn't, here's a real deep dive. If the Oregon Pit Crew 3 doesn't get into people's feet and, like, you know illegally for the most part like if samples weren't ordered for that shoe to be widely dispersed there wouldn't be a fucking there would never be a, a frag one like there, there would never yeah. be anything of all these like super high-end collabs or super high-end releases that's ultimately just a fucking classic jordan with a twist like if it wasn't for that the, the pit crew the pit crew showed it's okay 
it's way cooler and yeah it just shows that it was okay and it was way cooler <laughs> yeah i can totally understand that um actually that makes me think like you're you're a jordan five guy the the black and yellow five that has like the different color heel piece you know what i'm talking about it had it's like black and then the the heel is actually yellow how do you feel about that are we talking it's, it's a it's a duck shoe yeah, it's a, it's a I know exactly shoe. what you're talking about. Yeah, and it has yeah. the oh, it has the duck the man on the back. Man. Yeah, the duck yeah. man. Oh, absolutely yeah. fire! And I think those are absolutely fire because for the same reason, like the Drake and Little Wayne's are so fire to me. It's also it's like a black shoe with some with some pops, and they've done this with like you know the Brazil Jordan Six and a, a an electric green Jordan Six, and it's all man. It just it, that shoe that you bring up just proves that there's levels to it, right? You can walk into a room with somebody wearing like the the six, which might got, and it's a great, gorgeous shoe. Or you walk into a room with somebody wearing that, and, you, and it's just like, okay, like there, there's there's levels to this hobby. Um, oh, totally. I, I mean, I was just thinking about like as you were saying that, I'm thinking like you could literally walk into like the Oregon locker room and be like, oh, this guy's been this guy's been around, you know, like yeah, he was here for for the good stuff, and then you could see all the other stuff and still be. Like most people don't even know it exists, but like, yeah, totally. You walk around this guy, this guy fucks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and and I'm I'm happy you brought these, this Oregon duck stuff. I think that really is. It's like, it's, it's the secret seller wine of shoes. It's like, there's the main seller. You go to the vineyard and like, oh, here's all the nice reserves. Maybe a couple thousand dollars for a bottle. You think you're, you think you're a beast buying these bottles. I'm like, oh, the real people in the know know there's like an elevator deep below the surface that goes into a, yeah, the private collection. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, totally. Oh man. All right. Well, let us know what your favorite Oregon ducks PE is. Let us know what your favorite PE is. If you have a different, a different team that you're uh, a fan of, there's a lot of good ones out there. I wish, uh, I wish the sneaker history, uh, you know, whoever runs the sneaker history site would get better about putting all this shit together. So people could go look at all the PEs in one place, you know, that would be awesome. Man, but, it's you know, maybe someday <laughs> we, we, we can we can just spy man and point fingers at each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so just let me shout this out because I got to shout him out at least once. So, Index Portland, they they typically have you know any PE you could be possibly looking for. They've had the Candy Green Five in there used for four grand for like a couple years now. Not everybody's looking to spend four grand on a U shoe, but like. If you're ever looking and you have four grand and you're not sure about where to make those rare purchases from, go to Index, very trusted group of people taking in those shoes. But they're out there. There, There's definitely that rare stuff out there. So uh, maybe not spend. Yeah, they've got some great stuff. It's what's so crazy. They want like 20, not Index, but the world wants like $2,500 for a Travis Scott one when you could just go buy like a Mike Baby PE for three grand that nobody else has. Yep. Right. This is yeah. Time's yeah, unchanged. Totally. Yep. Definitely. All right. Well, man. So can you imagine telling somebody in a fucking time machine <laughs> and like 2008, you have a tribe called Quest strapped Air Jordan one, <laughs> and they also have like, all the all the pit crew stuff in the back, and and you tell that person in 2008 that another Jordan one by a rap group or rapper is going to be worth as much as like your super rare PE back there. It's just going to blow somebody's mind. It's, it would blow oh, that yeah. 2008 collector's mind. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, what? Totally. <laughs> yep. Weird thought, but we'll we'll stop the episode now. I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, I'll stop. No, that's totally true, though. Totally true. Like, yeah, I wonder what that's going to be like 10, 15 years from now where we're like, what the fuck? Like, how did we get to this point now? Yeah. You know, but a black cement for a grand is what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for rocking with us for another episode. Uh, make sure you're following at Sneaker History. If you are not in the Discord, you're missing out. There's some incredible people in there. And uh, it's, it's growing pretty nicely. There's there's more and more people contributing. We're doing giveaways. Uh, we're doing community calls. We're actually raising some some funds for community members on some projects. So uh, definitely check it out. And if you haven't, uh, if you haven't, let me see. And if you want to do more than that, you can always support us by joining our Patreon. But uh, otherwise, yeah, like make sure you connect with Robbie. Robbie, let them know how they can find you. I want to hit you with the and then so bad. <laughs> so I just did it now. You could find me at R A H B E E seven Oh two. You can find you? me at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms N I C K E N G V A L L. But more importantly, just uh, at sneaker history everywhere. Uh, we're going to start doing Twitch Friday nights at 7 PM Pacific time. So also find us on Twitch too, apparently now. So catch you next time. Peace. Goodbye. Hey everyone, this is Nick again. Before you take off, do us a solid and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Give us a rating on Spotify or Amazon Music. And make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel because we have even more content coming for you in 2022. Speaking of new content, we have an amazing community of sneaker enthusiasts that hang out in the Sneaker History Discord on a daily basis. While sneakers is the connection point that brought us all together, we've all discovered countless shared passions we have in common with other people within the community. We recently launched the first of a handful of new podcasts that will be coming directly from our sneaker history community. We'll get into the details for those in a future episode, but I'm excited to share that the Exhaust Notes podcast is now live. This is a show about the world of cars, racing, and other automotive-related topics. If you're a fan of Formula One, Formula Drift, cars and coffee, or you're just a weirdo like me that enjoys the smell of gasoline, I think you'll enjoy this one. If you do, add Exhaust Notes to your subscribe list so you'll be updated when we drop future episodes. As always, thank you for supporting Sneaker History, and don't forget to tell someone you like their kicks today. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.